Welcome back to another episode on the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm the founder, Ben Smith, and I'm very excited to bring to you the second part of our interview with Fred Stuvek. Fred has had a very full life. He's in the Pennsylvania High School Hall of Fame. He played quarterback at Navy and has had a very successful military and business career. He brings great insight into sports leadership and will be very helpful to all of you team captains and coaches out there that are looking to improve in this area. So without further ado, I hope that you really enjoy this interview with another leadership expert on the Captain's Coach Podcast. You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos. Navy football, I know you guys did something a little interesting in terms of your captains. Um, apart from having your season-long captains, uh, I know we talked a little bit before that you guys had individual game captains um, for each game. So if you could talk a little bit about some of the responsibilities that those game captains, and I know you you had mentioned that you had been appointed a game captain a number of times during your during your time there. If you could just talk a little bit about what that kind of included and in, in some of the responsibilities that that, um, that title kind of brought you into? Well, to be, uh, to be quite transparent, it was more of a, more of an honorary thing than anything else, mm-hmm. but it was done by the coaches to, to recognize performance. And uh, they would just, you know, every week they would nominate or appoint one or two people to, to go out and to be the team captain. What would that entail? Well, you would go out for the, you know, the, for the coin toss, the beginning of the field, you'd meet the other players, uh, captains, you talk to them, the referees, the umpires would come to you and talk to you about certain calls, things like that. But it was just more something that the coaches did to, I guess, more of a motivation thing than anything else. Yeah. I, I like that. It's similar to a um, practice player of the week or, or a player of the week and just something even more to recognize. And I think that's a, a really cool way that, that coaching staffs can, can go about that. Um, a lot of times, especially at the high school level, you don't see that level of, I guess, recognition in players. And, and I know I was talking with Ben, our, our, our CEO and founder of the captain's coach earlier this week a little bit about how and why some coaches, again, primarily at the high school level, are so hesitant to give uh, their, their players kind of these expanded roles or even the, the recognition of being named a captain. Um, I guess what would be kind of your thoughts? I, I know my own position um, would be, I think that's a, a, a disservice to your team. Um, but if you could kind of uh, expand on, on why maybe you think that's a, uh, I don't want to say a bad idea, but, kind of what they'd be missing in terms of not recognizing players as captains and not letting their players take on, on more of a leadership role within their teams. Well, I, I, I think the recognition is, is, is important. Uh, you know, however, if they're going to let a player take on a, a leadership role, uh, 
it's that person has to have some of the essential characteristics that are that are, that are needed. I mean, I mean, no particular order. I mean, the person has to uh, have a he has to inspire uh, the other players. He has to uh, set the example. He has to be a good communicator. He has to be able to uh, uh, you know a, a, adapt and relate to the other players. So if a captain is designated, I think it's a, it's inherent. Uh, Inherent responsibility of the uh, coach to ensure that that person has the requisite skill set, or at least has some of it in it, so that they can develop uh, quickly. Uh, elsewise, it's again, as I said earlier, it's a disservice to the individual and to the team, because you're putting the wrong person in the wrong position. Mm -hmm. And I and I think um, maybe some of the reasons why coaches or hesitant to, to give responsibilities to their players is maybe they don't see any of those attributes or characteristics that you just listed in any individuals on their team. But I think that ends up coming back to um, kind of being on the coach or, or the program in not having a uh, culture of, of leadership and developing leaders and, and may even more than ever put an importance on leadership development programs or their, their leadership development training so that you do continually um, raise and, and, and inspire your younger players to continually year in and year out become the, the senior leaders on your team and kind of um, be an example of those characteristics. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, you know, you mentioned the, 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 the captain. I think one of the things that a coach could do is I mean to foster that environment or to help create that environment is you know you you start small you take one step at a time you know if you if you if you want to develop uh, and give more responsibility and accountability I might add mm -hmm. you know to the captain and to the teams uh, then as uh, you know Thomas Jefferson said the only way to make a man trustworthy is to trust him well you need to you need to trust them but you need to start off you know in in a measured uh, capacity. Give them one or two things to do. Okay, see how they do, measure it, see how well they perform. And if they rise to the occasion, give them more responsibility. Yep. And you get to the point where you can hopefully find a, you know, happy, happy medium. And, you know, you've heard the old ad, you will rise or fall to the level of your training. Well, uh, the, the captain or the, those responsible will rise or fall to the level of their leadership. And if the coach is astute enough and recognizes which people have those, those skill set and, and, and that talent, they can point them in the right direction, focus them in areas where they're the strongest, let them develop confidence then, and then at the, by the same time in a parallel path, work with them in the areas of weakness, but do that in such a manner so that it is done in a measured and gradual uh, method and has very little uh, uh, negative effect on the team. And at the end of the day, it's, it's a win-win. The, the, the captain and the players get more responsibility, more accountability, they perform, they get more confidence. Uh, there's better communication between the coach and the captain and the team. Mm -hmm. it, uh, it's a win-win. Yeah, I love what you just brought up. That actually reflects our first tenet of leadership at the captain's coach, that everything rises and falls with leadership. Um, and I think that you just pointed out how that transcends 
not only the, the captains and the player leaders on the team, but also is a reflection of the, the coaching staff. Um, and definitely, I think teams, well, I know teams are, are only enhanced by having great captains on their team. It, it goes back to um, what uh, Mr. Walker in, in the book, The Captain Class, um, lays out that the 19 greatest dynasties over the past century or so all have one and only one common denominator between them. And that's one transformative, transcendent team captain um, that the, the rise and fall of that dynasty is directly linked to that person either coming onto the team or, or being named captain. And then when they left the team. Um, and I think that Luke, the same parallel can be drawn between sports and uh, business, military, uh, politics, whatever. I mean, if you look at companies, countries, uh, military units that have been successful, et cetera, you know, the common denominator oftentimes is a strong leader. Well, it's the same thing. You know, you, you have to have that, you have to have someone that's going to set the tone and, you know, inspire those people and, you know, bring the call to action and make sure that they perform. Exactly. And as you bring up, uh, I actually just wanted to, to bring in your, your experiences in, the, in your military time in military and um, time in the, in the business world, private and public. What are some of the things that you, you found uh, specifically inside of leadership that you took from your experiences in sports and, and have kind of brought them over to um, either the military, your time in the Navy and, and your time in the business world? No, and, and and again, I you know no particular order, but I I would think one of the things is is uh, awareness. I would say the uh, you know I have a chapter in my book called emotional uh, quotients, but but the ability to be aware as to your strengths and your weaknesses, and the strengths and weaknesses of those that are under your command, you know, and, and, and as example. Uh, Leadership isn't always having the answer. It's, it's, it's oftentimes knowing where to get the answer. And to get that answer, you have to, uh, you have to admit that you, you don't have all the answers. And you don't, but you have to trust people. You have to communicate. I mean, so as an example, uh, you have to delegate. Uh, you can't do everything. You know, one of, the, one of the mistakes that leaders make is constantly micromanaging or, or, or being a, a, a know-it-all. And, you know, a leader who professes or a captain who professes to know everything, uh, usually are the ones that lack any real knowledge or wisdom, and they make it difficult for others to, uh, to, to develop and share their thoughts and ideas. So you need to have an environment that's, that's, that's transparent, that's open to communication, and you have, to, you have to trust. And you also have to understand, you, you know, you, you have to know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, when I reported to my first uh, first uh, post, my first position, I we had a had a number of uh, very very senior uh, chiefs under me. Now, I I didn't consider them under me in that respect, but they reported to me. Okay, there's a distinction. Mm -hmm. ha having said that, I mean they had been in the service for over 20 years. They had the experience and the skill set, and I was just newly commissioned. 
I mean, the first thing I would say to just every one of them is, is look, chief, you have been in this business. You, I mean, you've, you've been in the service longer than I have. You have the experience, you have the knowledge, and my job is here to support you. Okay, you tell me what I need. And if you build that trust and empower them, but also hold them accountable, they will rise to the occasion. But if you come in thinking you have all the answers just because you have a more senior position or a higher title, and that's going to enable you to all of a sudden become the master and commander, you're going to have a very tough tour. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it comes back to, like you mentioned before, you can't come in thinking that you know all the answers or that you have all the solutions. Um, the, the first thing you'd even have to do is, is understand what problems or shortfalls that you have within your organization or, or your sports program, and then work with those around you to develop solutions to those problems and, and those questions that may need answered. And the smartest guy in the room, the old, the old adage, the, the smartest person in the room is usually the one who admits they know nothing. Um, and so I think that that all just goes in line from, from sports and into the military world and also um, to the private sector as well. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things that's, uh, there's a common denominator in, in the military and, and sports, you know, one of them, it's a routine or there's a practice associated with everything that you do. And, you know, you drill or practice day in or day out relentlessly. And as a result, these, this routine or these actions uh, or processes serve to reinforce the plans and you train the mind and the body will follow. Well, that, that same thing works in the business world and it's pretty much what business, business is. It's, it's having that routine and having the right prac, having the right processes in place and following uh, falling through, following up and, you know, doing what you're going to say you're going to do and, and making adjustments as, as necessary and being open, aware to your uh, surroundings and to those around you. Exactly. Um, kind of um, segueing into, into, into the business world and, and your, your chapter and section on the book on strategy. I really enjoyed it. You kind of lay a clear path into how if you're an organization coming up with a strategy, you kind of lay a, a very direct line of, of how you go about that and there are specific steps that you, you need to hit and specific aspects and ways about going going through communicating your strategy and then some, some common pitfalls that individuals and, and organizations may hit that, that trip them up a little bit. If you were to almost pull that same methodology into sports, what advice would you give captains or, or leaders on teams and, and how they implement their team strategy? Well, one other, you know, it's interesting that the uh, word strategy is, uh, it's a Greek word usually uh, initially used in the context of warfare. And, and there's some real good analogies between sports and warfare. I mean, some of the terms are interchangeable. Okay. But uh, if you, if you think about a strategy, uh, a strategy is necessary because you have to have goals. Okay. And, and that's one of the things that a, a captain or a leader or a manager has to do is you have to have goals. And these, when you get in a car, you know where you're going to go. You have it, right? Okay. You have to. These goals give you a sense of direction. Okay. They give you a sense of purpose. 
and they motivate you. It, 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 it bridges the gap between the mind and the body, creating that bias towards action. And the strategy is important because it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you a roadmap in terms of what you need to do to accomplish these goals, the specific steps and the milestones or uh, objectives that are needed to achieve these goals. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, re it really is about uh, it, it, the strategy is, is so important, but you have to have the right strategy. And it also has to be a good strategy implemented at the right time. A good strategy implemented at the wrong time is a bad strategy. So the timing is very important as well. And, you know, you know, if you, if you, if you look at the book, book thing, uh, uh, you know, the strategy session is, 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 is likely is, it's weighted more towards the business side, because even though I mentioned the need for a personal strategy, much of strategy is, is really oriented around business or sports or military. Well, I think most of the listeners who are going to listen to this have experience in sports, have experience in the military, and assuredly have experience in business. And so the, the basic things that I outline and the mistakes uh, that people make, uh, I think is something that uh, can be uh, very helpful for, for you know, a lot of people. But a lack of a coherent strategy is something that will affect an organization because you'll end up rudderless and uh, you'll end up uh, just drifting. So it gives you focus and it gives you a sense of direction and it, and you, it gives you a sense of accountability. And those are all very important. Yeah. And I think the importance of strategy that you just laid out and then the combination of that. And one of the things you, you, you put in the book um, or that you outlined is the importance of getting the input from subordinates and, and those who are surrounding you in your organization and not necessarily the the leader of the company or or the number one person in that department coming up with that strategy on their own and i think it just outlines how important captains are in one helping coaches develop that strategy and outlining the goals for their teams and then also the ability for the captains to communicate that strategy and communicate those goals with their teammates and and other players on the team is done in a way that I think sometimes coaches aren't able to and just captains have such a a broader reach with their teammates and and know them more on a personal level it kind of goes back to what we were discussing earlier in the show about um the the emotional intelligence and the interpersonal relationships that that you build with your teammates that the more captains are involved with strategy and goal setting for their teams with their coaches the, the more involved the rest of the team is going to be and, and the better buy-in that the rest of the team is going to be. And you're all going to kind of be lined up in the same way. Absolutely. If someone is involved in, in the uh, process, I believe I called it the hybrid approach or mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. but I mean, it's, it's, I mean, rather than doing something top down, whether it's a captain or a manager for a you know business unit, mm -hmm whatever okay if if the if the people that are going to have to execute this strategy and achieve those goals are involved in the development of those of the strategy okay and establishing the the milestones and the metrics okay, they're they're going to understand it and it's going to increase their chances for buy-in you know now will everybody agree with it no absolutely not it makes no sense, 
but, but you know, most of the people will agree with it, hopefully, and everyone should understand it. And as a result, you're going to have less pushback later, which is why for a captain, uh, it, there's, there's nothing wrong with getting everybody together without the coaches and saying, okay, what's on your mind? What do we need to do better? What do we need to do differently? And sometimes if you ask those questions and you have an environment that is conducive, that is open to candid feedback, uh, you're, you're going to get some very nice answers. And, and those things will help everybody move forward together in a more cohesive and unified manner. And that's really what you want a team to do as a captain. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think a good point you just brought up, Fred, is, is the, the idea that even if people do disagree with what the, the path is, or maybe they think they have a, a better way of doing it, at the very minimum, you can at least explain as a captain why you're doing it. And, and maybe that'll answer some of the questions that otherwise would be kept harbored inside individuals and, and be a, a point of resentment or a point of contention later on down the road. And, and cause some conflict within your team. If you if you are able to lay out what your strategy is, why you're doing it, and how you're going to implement it, I think it eliminates a lot of strife down the road um, that that might pop up otherwise. Absolutely. And, and and as a leader or as a captain, you also have to understand that you know I mentioned earlier about the personalities involved, and you know, but we're talking more about strategy development. But you know, ha having having said that. There are going to be times when you're going to have to change your leadership style a little bit based on the circumstances. And that is more often in times of crisis or whenever there needs to be a, a quick solution. So you also have to, as a captain or as a leader, adapt your style to the circumstances. Okay, if you understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a difference. And, and, and that is really predicated on circumstances and time. There are going to be, there are going to be there are going to be uh, uh, periods where you're, you're not going to have the time, the luxury of time and circumstances are going to prevail against you. So as the leader, the captain, you're going to have to make those decisions that they're going to be tough decisions. Now, you know, that's your responsibility. Now, if things go well, great. If things don't go well, accept responsibility, no excuse, sir, and, and move on. But accept the blame and move on. A good leader is not going to spend his time looking for blame. He's going to look for solutions. Yep, exactly. And instead of looking for someone to pin it on, um, as a leader, you should be able to take the consequences of, of your actions and those you lead. And if it's a negative outcome, use it as a learning opportunity and, and find the solution for the next problem that, that'll come up. Um, I, I think... Um, on, on that aspect, there's some, some great advice there. What other advice would you give captains out there today or, or even those aspiring to develop their, their leadership skills? I, I think the first thing is, is, you know, is awareness. And, you know, you, you, you see yourself one way and others may see you another. And sometimes the truth is somewhere in between. So from that standpoint, I would, uh, I, I would, I would seek feedback. Now I would ask, uh, I, I would ask P 
people, you know, a man, maybe you have a mentor. I mentioned the value of a mentor in my book, whether it's formal or informal. But I, w- I would ask other people, uh, you know, what, what do you see as, you know, my strengths and weaknesses? And they're truly friends. They're truly people that are, you know, invested in your well-being mm-hmm. and, you, and theirs. They're, they're, they'll, they'll be candid with you. And you, again, if you, you ask for that constructive uh, feedback, you have to take it professionally, not personally. But you, you may find that there are areas that you, you think that you uh, are, are doing well at, but you're not. And uh, then you need to work on those. And there's different, mm-hmm. different ways of, of doing that. And, you know, we, I mean, we can get specific, but I'm just talking about in, in, in broad terms. If there are certain areas that you need to shore up on or you need to improve, there is any number of ways that you can work on that based on you know what that issue is you know and and then what you have to do is you have to come up with a plan say okay i need to do this and to do this i'm going to do a b c d and over time that weakness will become if it's not it doesn't become a strength it will become less of a weakness which will then give you more confidence and enable you to be more effective in the future because as we all know uh you know confidence is contagious yeah, exactly. And I love that, that piece of advice. So often you hear uh, the cliche, you know, write down your own strengths and weaknesses if you're in a job interview or, or, you know, being recruited, you know, what are your biggest strengths? What are your biggest weaknesses? And I think a lot of times we fail to search for the input from others around us. And, and like you said, if you should be going out and finding those closest to you that you interact with the most that aren't going to be afraid to give you criticism and ask them, honestly, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses that you see? What are some areas that, that I can improve on? And then from there, you can work on developing those skills with that person. You could use them as practice. Um, you can, you can take it back to your team and say, Hey, you know, after talking to these people, I know I need to work on this. Um, talk to your, your boss at work or, or your subordinates in the business world and get a better understanding of who you are. And then, like you said, weaknesses may not necessarily ever become your strengths, but at a minimum, they'll stop being a weakness. And, and like you said, that, that confidence will just further enhance the rest of your strengths. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you, you don't want a weakness to become a liability exactly. and if you, and if you can turn that into somewhat of an asset uh that that will help you in the long run but you know i think getting like you say getting that input is is so very important i think a lot of people luke have a have a hard time accepting input from others now you think they have all the answers you don't have all the answers and you don't have all the solutions but together as a team you will have all the answers and you will have the solutions but that requires an open uh and transparent environment where everyone can communicate openly with each other and everybody has to be willing to take that criticism and that feedback and turn it into something good. Yeah. And I I really think it's important to to highlight, you know, you have to be comfortable with who you are and understand you're not perfect and and it's okay because no one's perfect and being the captain or being the leader doesn't necessarily mean you have to be perfect in every way. It, it more than anything else, it means that you have to understand that everyone's not perfect, including yourself and, and helping everyone else to become a better person or, or a better contributor to your, your program or your organization, including yourself. 
Um, so I think that's a, that's a great, um, a great piece of advice for, for any leaders out there, not just in sports, but, but across the board. Um, but before, uh, we wrap this up here, Fred, I want to get a couple of your, your conceptual thoughts, um, starting with what is your, your definition of leadership? Definition of leadership. Well, I would say leadership is, um, getting someone or a group of people to do something that, that, that you want done or needs to be done, but, uh, in a and leading them in a, a cohesive and effective manner to accomplish a particular purpose okay and i think the emphasis is leading um, cohesive and effective so if you can lead a, a a group of people together in such a fashion i think that is uh that that is leadership yeah it really comes down to um one of the tenets we have is leadership is influence um definitely that that influencing a group of individuals or, or uh, organization to, to accomplish a goal in an effective way. I, I really like that, that word you put in there in an, in an effective way. A lot of times you may see someone listed as a, a great leader or, or see someone who may think they're a great leader because they can accomplish goals and they can accomplish things, but it's not necessarily in an effective way or, or, they don't necessarily have a cohesive team around them. And I think that really separates the truly great leaders um, from those that may just look good on paper. And, and Luke, this, this works. I mean, I mean, I, you, you have similar experience, I'm sure, but I've, you know, I, I have a, with my sports uh, background and experience in the military and, and business in a private and public sector. And even in recently writing a book, all of things that I've, that I've mentioned, I've talked about, and that you talk about, and that you are, uh, that you are uh, educating captains or potential captains on, these work regardless of the arena. Uh, so th th these are time-tested and proven techniques that will work anywhere. And they work even in your personal life. Because as you know, things have a way of spilling over. So you need to have balance. Uh, something we didn't talk about but we need to have balance with your between your professional life and your personal life so that you have the appropriate values and incentives and uh, proper perspective yeah exactly and it comes back to um uh, another a point i think i mentioned earlier those transferable skills and and everything we've talked about today and everything you you learn from sports outside of the actual you know skills specific to your sport but those leadership skills the fundamental values and principles those are all transferable and, and especially the leadership aspects of sports is, is transferable to any, any other part of life. And especially like you just mentioned, the personal, the personal aspects of life. Um, and, 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 you know, Luke, and I think as a captain or as a leader, I think it's important to, 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 to go with the high road, take, take the high road, keep it classy. Okay. You have to avoid the negativity. If you look at what's going on today, I mean, there's so much, you know, so much angst and, and animus that's, that's being created by people saying things that they shouldn't really say. I'm, I'm talking on both sides. Okay. It does. I'm not, whether it's military sports, business, whatever, mm -hmm. I think you need to be, you, you, you need to be, you, watch the negativity. You need to have, we need more positive messages and we need to have more inspiration 
not desperation. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree with you more. I think that being able to rise above the, the negativity and, and the critics who are just out there to criticize and, and not necessarily in a positive way. If you come down to those, those levels, you, you've already lost. Um, I think one of the more important things as a leader is keeping your team or your, your organization or your business above everyone that is on that lower level of, of criticism and negativity and just kind of trying to bring them, bring you down because they're not on your level and, and they, they won't put in the work to be, to become on your level. Yeah. If, and if you, and if you let that get to you, uh, then they've won. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you've already risen above them because it's, it's like I said earlier, in order to, if, if sir, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. You have to be able to follow in order to lead. Okay. And to do that, you need to set the example. And I think no, no matter where you are or who, or who you are, I think we all need to do a better job of setting the right example and setting the right tone. Yeah. I love that quote that you just mentioned. If, if leadership or if service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. Um, it goes right in line with another one of our tenants of the captain's coach that, uh, that leadership is a service. Um, it just stresses the importance that you're doing this for others. And if you're not doing it for others, then you shouldn't be really, you really should not be in a leadership position. And, and you stole my question on your, on your favorite quote. Um, but uh, uh, one of our last questions is, do you, do you have a favorite book to go along with the favorite quote? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. And, you know, one of the, one of the uh, reasons why it was so important to so important to me or, or so informative is it really got into looking at what are the distinguishing factors that determine success. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily ascribe this theory that someone is a natural leader mm -hmm. or someone is a natural athlete, because if that was the case, then the conversation would be over. You would go to the, uh, you, you would go to the uh, hospital and as a child is born, they would have a leader tag on him. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, the, leadership and, and athleticism and, 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 and uh, management, all these things are learned behaviors. And it's something that you can develop over time. But to do that, you have to have a plan and put the effort in. And, 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 and really, it's really about the effort and the circumstances and, and, and putting that time in and being dedicated because uh, nothing good comes easy. And if it comes too easy, it's probably not worth it. Exactly. And that's a great point about leadership being a, a skill you can develop. I think when people look at individuals who may be deemed natural leaders, it's not necessarily that they were born that way. It's just that they were brought up in an environment where they were exposed to the, the fundamental values and principles that are in line with leadership. And maybe their, their parents or their coaches at a young age kind of instilled in them those, those skills and helped them develop those skills. But that it just goes to show that those skills were developed and it wasn't something that just came quote unquote natural to them. Anybody out there can develop those skills. If like you said, they put the work in, they put the time, they practice and they make it habitual. All those things that go into that. Correct. I couldn't agree more. 
All right, Fred, it's been, it's been awesome talking to you. I know I don't want to take too much of your time. You've been an awesome guest. Um, love the, the vast broad chasm of, of experiences you've had across sports, military, and, and the business world. Um, please uh, let, let our guests know where, where they can find out more about you, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all that. Okay, yes. Um, I have a website called itstartswithyou.net. It's the title of the book, itstartswithyou.net. And on, on the website, there's, there's a bio on yours truly, information about the book. You can even preview a couple chapters. I have, some, I have a, about a dozen podcasts and blogs on there. Uh, there's, there's a way to contact me. I'm, I'm just a uh, click away. So if you have any questions or you would like to talk to me, you can contact me. And I'm on uh, LinkedIn. I have a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, et cetera. And there, it's all on the website. So uh, if anybody that's listening is interested, uh, please check it out. I think you'll be glad you did. And if you have a chance, look at the reviews on Amazon. We have uh, nearly 50 right now, and they're all stellar. Yep, and I've definitely been uh, enjoying the book myself, almost done with it. Um, can't wait to, to, to finish it up myself. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Fred. Fred Stuvek, author of It Starts With You, Turn Your Goals Into Success. Thanks for coming on the show, Fred. Thank you, and uh, you have a uh, great rest of the day, and all the best to you, sir. You too. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulos. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.